Welcome to Life Lessons, a ministry of Metro Believers Church featuring Pastor Glenn Smith. We pray that you will be encouraged by today's teaching. And now, Pastor Glenn. Part three of preparing for a great year. We've been uh, sort of just getting our lives together and our thoughts and our minds focused on uh, certain things. And so we're, we're just glad that you're here. Um, I just love the fact that we as a church get to help um, provide the resources as we pool our monies together, our missions monies together, to help plant new churches all around the world. Uh, we've done uh, so many churches in the United States now starting to spread out international, and we've got several in Canada and other parts of the world. That's just through the ARC, but other missions organizations that we work with, like Sam Durham, um, we've actually impacted 63 other countries this past year alone. Uh, we plant, helped plant 123 churches through the ARC last year calendar, okay? So I just want you to know when you give your tithes and your offerings that, that your money, we, we try to do our best to stretch it as far as we can to make the greatest impact. Um, and even like the books that we are um, sort of just helping to pay for um, and, uh, you know, covering the extra costs and subsidizing that cost, um, we're able to get those into your hands for, a, you know, a smaller price to make it doable for families um, that are tapped out. So um, that's what, all that helps us do that. I just wanted to say that today. Your financial giving, your consistency and your tithes and your offerings helps us be the church that we are. So thank you. I um, want to welcome live stream today. Thank you for being with us. We're glad that you're here. I know that many of you are looking forward to doing the story with us, and you can get those books online at uh, um, christianbookstore.com, uh, um, or you can go on Amazon, uh, or even Zondervan. So uh, we are glad to accommodate all that we can. I know some of you have even written me and asked me if they could start a small group in your area. Certainly you can. Just gather some people together and do it. It's going to be a great, great time together, and you can watch all 31 weeks right here live streaming. All right. How many of you excited about what God's doing? Come on. Amen. I mean, last week I laid out a vision, uh, a focus, if you will, uh, just sort of a, a theme for this year, 2018. And uh, as I always do, revealed the, the word for the, for the year, and that was uh, depth. Everyone say depth. And clarity. Everyone say clarity. That's what, that's what our focus is this year, depth and clarity. And I sensed the Lord last October say in my heart, I want the revelation of my word to be seen in 2018. And so that's kind of where we're heading. Uh, I want you to come along with us on that journey. Um, the word depth literally means going deep. And, and I was thinking about that this week, and, and a picture came into my mind um, of a tree with roots. And I just want you to see this. Um, this is what I'm talking about, just so you know, okay? When it comes to depth, um, you can see that uh, in most stable trees, um, the root structure beneath the ground is larger than the actual tree itself. And so this is what I sense in my heart when I was talking about biblical illiteracy. We'll talk a little bit more about that today. That, that 
literally, um, a lot of new believers or believers that haven't, you know, been in the church a long time, you know, come into the church and, and they have no root structure. Just, a, you know, a little couple of twigs going down here and there, but no real root structure, no real depth, if you will. And so the, the circumstances of life come by and, and blow on that tree, as beautiful as it is, and it doesn't take much to blow it over and to, and to you know, cause you to compromise your life and make bad decisions and choose things that are absolutely unbiblical. And so uh, I, I, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about going deep. Everyone say deep. We're talking about going deep this year and building a solid root structure, you know, allowing the Holy Spirit, you know, to help us build that root structure that you see up there. I mean, look at all, look at all the, the, the strength and the support that's there. Um, you know, a wind can come up and blow some of those apples off, but that tree's not going anywhere. Come on, right? So that's the way we, sort of the image that we have for our lives at Metro Believers Church. Can somebody say amen? Yeah, so that's what we're talking about when it comes to that. And uh, it reminded me of a verse in Mark. I don't think it's in your notes because you don't have any notes. That's right. You're right. It's not in your notes. Um, Mark chapter 4, it'll appear on the screen. It says, some people are like, like seed along the path where the word is sown. So we're talking about the word, okay? Where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, kind of like you're hearing it today, Satan comes. Did you know this? As soon as you hear the word, Satan will literally come um, and take away the word that was sown in them. Uh, so the moment you hear something or you're walking out the door, that's why we kind of have response time around here, so that you can kind of let it settle. You know, God starts to deal with you about something. He starts to speak into your heart. We want you to let that settle inside of you so that, that you can take some roots inside of you. So when you walk out the door and you get into the trenches of life every day of the week, you can actually bear up under that, see? And this, Satan can't steal that word. You have to protect it. You have to protect the word that was sown in your heart. And so um, it goes on to say others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy, but since they have what? Have what? One more time, have what? Since they have no root, throw that picture back up there. Since they have no root, they don't have any roots. And there's a lot of Christians like that. They've, they've surrendered their life to the Lord. They, they're all in in terms of, you know, I want, I, want to, you know, I want to serve Jesus. I love Jesus. How many of you are like that? Yeah, you love Jesus. And, uh, but all of a sudden, there's, but since there's no root, they last only for a short time. See, you have to have roots to last. You have to have roots to last. And so when you have no root, you'll only last a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, you quickly fall away or you quickly compromise or you quickly make bad decisions or you quickly cave in on your biblical and spiritual integrity. See? And so... And then still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, this may be you, see, the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and that literally <coughs> chokes the word, chokes the word, making it what? 
unfruitful. And that's the way it is with some people. You know it. You feel like, you know, I go to church, I, I read my Bible, but I don't have any roots, and, and, you know, there's just no depth in me, and, you know, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things, and all of that kind of come in and choke out the Word in my life. But there's one more category I want you to see. Others, like seed sown on good soil, everyone say good soil. Good soil, soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. See, uh, back to the picture. This uh, this tree with that that structure is producing fruit, right? It's fruitful. And and that's what God wants for your life. He really does. It bears out in Scripture um, that God wants our lives to be fruitful. Okay? Fruitful. And so that's what the Scripture says here. They, 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 they're on good soil. Hear the word, accept it, produce a crop, fruitful, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Wow. Everyone say, I, I want that to be me. Come on. I want that to be me. I want, I don't, I'm not even satisfied with just 30 or 60. I want the 100 times what was sown in my heart. What are we talking about here? We're talking about the word. That's sown in my heart. What are you doing with the word? Are you protecting it? Are you just letting it slip? Is it on rock, rocky soil or thorns? You know, shallow? What is it on? You have to work to till the soil in your heart through prayer and fasting like we're doing right now. 21 days. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> yeah, 21 days. That's what this is all about. So you can till up the soil of your heart so when the seed goes down, um, you don't just fall away or, you know, just kind of, you know, get yourself in trouble or make bad decisions. No, you accept it. You hear the word. You produce a crop a hundred times what was sown. Now, let's talk about, that's just the first part of our vision for this year. And that first word was what? Depth. Now, let's talk about clarity, okay? So, that's a twofold word that we have this year, depth and clarity, because God wants His word, the revelation of His word to be seen in 2018. And so, uh, clarity. We want to be able to see in Scripture what it's talking about. We want to be able to see and understand and comprehend the things of God that maybe you haven't been able to before. And so, um, put that picture on the screen. Um, this, uh, this picture, it has an image in there, okay? And I don't know if anyone can see that image. Can anybody see that image right now and what it is? Okay, all right, and there's one, in, now there's one in your, your guest packet, you can take that out. For, we're not going to stay here for the rest of the service, okay, and give you time so you can figure it out, all right. So just, just take it and see if you can find the image real quick, um, because that is, you know, clarity, when you have clarity with this picture, you'll see it, all right? Does anyone see it? Better. Right. Well, go ahead and tell everybody. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, it's Saturn, right? And now some of you are still struggling. It's like, come on, there's not anything in there. Yes, there is. There's Saturn, okay? But you just can't see it yet. But that's the same thing with the Scripture. There's so much in here. Amen? There's so much in here, John, right? There's so much in here. Come on, everyone. There's so much in this book. Mark, there's so much in this book, right, that you, you haven't seen yet. I mean, you read it sometimes, and you go, your eyes glaze over sometimes, and you 
find yourself dozing? <laughs> it happens sometimes. I'm going to be honest with you because you just don't see it yet. But man, when you see it, the lights come on in Georgia, <laughs> right? The aha moment comes on in your heart and you're like, wow. Well, that's what we're working on this year. Amen? That's what we're talking about. That's, that's what we're talking about when it comes to this uh, the story, 31 weeks of going through the entire Bible together. And so you have to focus. And while we're walking through this together, focus. Don't give up. And clarity will come. Amen? So the same is true, I believe, with the Word, seeing the hidden images, uh, and you'll eventually see and understand. As I mentioned last Sunday, we're taking an incredible journey, an incredible journey that will take us deeper, 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 like that picture, deeper into God's Word. And in case you haven't heard, in case you haven't been around the last few weeks, we're talking about going through the story this year. Now, the story is a condensed chronological Bible written as one continuous story, kind of like a novel, okay? That's what the story is. And this is the story for adults right here, um, right there. That's the book that's back there on the table. I think we have a copy of it. Is that correct? There we go. Um, and so that's the one back there for five bucks. We're making it available to you. It retails for $19.99. Um, we're making it available to you for five. And that's what we're going to go through. It's, it's taking us, it's a chronological abridged. Abridged simply means shortened version. Okay? So it's, it's taken out some of the things that overlap. It's taken out some things that will help us um, get bogged down. And so we're, we're going through that together. Now, I found out that understanding the Bible unlocks some secrets. How many of you found that out as you go through the scriptures, it unlocks some secrets to give you access to the most amazing life possible, the life that God has for you. Did you know that God has an amazing life for you? And when you begin to understand that and uh, accept it and tap into it, life gets really good. I didn't say you won't have struggles or problems or frustrations or disappointments, but the overall picture of understanding God's Word uh, and some of the things that we'll learn in the upper story, the lower story, and my story, you'll start to see your story is pretty incredible, right? So God has a plan for your life. Did you know that? I mean, not just the folks that were up here on, on stage doing the music, and they do a great job. Uh, not just, you know, the, the pastoral team, teaching team, the, the children's department, or the sound, or the video, or the ushers, or the security. Not just, God has a plan for you. And he wants you to understand that plan and experience that plan. Metro Believers Church is a marketplace church. We belong in the public square. I believe in marketplace ministry. And I believe that the best ministry that's going to happen in this city is going to come through your life, not mine. God's called me to equip the saints for the work of ministry so that you can go out the real ministers and do the ministry. Amen. So, God has a plan for your life, and as your pastor, and as your pastor, I, it's my job to actually see to it that you understand and have the tools necessary so that you can understand God's Word and grasp God's heart for your life. You can start to get an image and understand that, and clarity comes, and you see that hidden image, you see that, that hidden plan that, that isn't easily found 
until you seek God with all your heart, and then you'll find what God's called you to do, see, as Jeremiah 29 talked about. When you seek me with all of your heart, see, God wants us to seek him with all of our heart, amen? So as I said last week, when we align our lives to God's word, we experience the blessings that God has intended for us. When we simply align ourselves with God's word, instead of aligning ourselves with, with the world and all its craziness, right? When we align ourselves with God's word and God's will for our life, we begin to experience the blessings that God had intended for us. And so during this time, we plan to cover, Lance, Genesis through Revelation. We're going to talk about it all. We're going to we're talk about stuff that has caused people to go nuts, kind of trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's like, what? What? The lobes and livers? You know, <laughs> some of you don't know where that's at or what that's about. We'll talk about some of that. Um, but it's been interesting to me. I, I was thinking about this this week um, as a pastor. I, I'm going on my 38th year in ministry, Vicki and I. Um, started licensed in ministry in 1980, and so we're uh, fall of 1980, so we're getting ready to, to kind of bump up against 38 years. And I was thinking about the biblical literacy back when I first started ministry versus today, 37, 38 years later. And it's just been real interesting to me to see the difference of where we're at in Christendom. Um, and I, I, think, I think that God wants to change that. We're not willing to just accept that as just the way it is, okay? And I know we're fighting upstream. I, I know that it's not easy to do, but, but at Metro Believers Church, we've made a calculated decision that we're just not going to accept that, that biblical illiteracy is just the norm. And, you know, people only want to come to church maybe once a month, sometimes, sometimes on a good month, twice. Um, I, I just want to encourage you to go against the flow of what the, I believe the enemy and an unbiblical worldview wants to do in your life. So just, what, 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 how do you do that? You make decisions. I'm not going to play that. Homie, don't play that. You know what I'm saying? You, you make a decision that you're just not going to do that. You're going you're gonna to get your tail in, in church, uh, you know, every Sunday unless you're out of town and then live stream it. Why? Because it takes that to get your roots to go down. When Vicky and I first came into the, to the church, committed our life to Christ, we were in church five times a week. We, we just couldn't get enough of God. We were hungry. We were hungry. You know what I'm saying? We were hungry. We're still hungry, right? But you got to do that if you really want this to work. You got to kind of, you know, cash in your chips and say, I'm all in. I, I'm not going to just play this thing and just kind of go with the flow with like, you know, the, the casual Christian or the convenient Christian or the cultural Christian does. You know, he reads his Bible once in a blue moon, and when he does, he doesn't get anything out of it. He just sets it down and forgets it. And, and once in a while, when he feels convicted a little bit, he'll pick it up and read it a little bit more just to get God off his back, you know, and all of that. So that's what I'm talking about here. Biblical illiteracy is so crazy. It's at an all-time high. It's you know, even some of the simplest things in Scripture, it just blows my mind uh, that what people don't know, and I'm not putting anybody down, please understand me. 
That's just the way it is. But it doesn't have to stay that way. In other words, we're not, we're not Christian scientists uh, saying it just doesn't exist. No, we know it exists. And we are saying something needs to be done to change it. And this is not going to change at all. This is just the beginning. Where we can actually come into church and know what Scripture says, how to apply it to our lives. We have a relationship with God. It's tight and right. Amen? So that's what we're talking about. This is not just reading a book. This is, this is about going deep and seeing clear. And we have a biblical mandate in Scripture for this not to go on. It's, it's called the Great Commission. Um, we need to change. This, this biblical mandate tells us we need to change some things, right? So in Matthew 28, it says in verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples. Everyone say disciples. It says, go there and make disciples, not just go there and have them read a prayer. Go there, go there, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe just a couple of things when they feel like it, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Amen? All that I've... Well, what's a disciple? The Bible teaches us that a disciple is a disciplined one. That's the actual, actual um, definition of a disciple, a very disciplined one. A, here's, another, here's another word, a student, a devotee, a learner, a pupil. That's what a disciple is. And one translation said a scholar. Go and make scholars of all nations. You don't become a scholar by showing up to church once a month and by reading your Bible once every two months. You don't do that. And if we're going to really obey the Bible, there's a biblical mandate here, church, to make disciples. Amen? And so we need, we, I'm speaking to you just like I'm speaking to me. This is not, I got gotcha. you. You know, I'm criticizing. No, I'm saying we, we, we can all take something from this. So we need, but we need your cooperation. We can't do this without you helping us here. We can't do, we have to have your cooperation to say, you know what? I get it and I'm in. We can't do this unless you're willing to put in the work and sacrifice some time among other things. And I'll be asking you at the end of my talk today uh, for a commitment and uh, I, I just pray that you will think about the commitment that you're going to make. And so um, let's, let's, look, let's look at this video um, so that you can see what I'm talking about uh, in terms of how the story engages people with the Bible, how the story engages people. biggest problem we have in most churches, this included, is just biblical illiteracy and people have never gone through all of the scripture. One of the things that we wanted to tackle was biblical illiteracy. It's kind of a joke in the Episcopal Church, you know, you grow up in the Episcopal Church and you don't read the Bible as much as a lot of other traditions. I was so astonished 
by the amount of, of just not, not even biblical illiteracy, but just a lack of knowledge about where things fit in the overall story of the Bible. I had been in church my whole life, heard all the stories, and you know, tried to read the Bible straight through from Genesis and read Genesis like 90 times. <laughs> Surprising number of people have never read through the Bible entirely. They say, I believe the whole Bible. Have you ever read the whole Bible? No. It started off with the King James Version, so that was always the this and the thoueth and all that, seeming like Shakespearean language. It's still very intimidating because you see all these names you can't pronounce. The difference between the story and the Bible is uh, when you read the Bible, a lot of times it's it kind of seems textbooky. It allowed us to go through the whole Bible, and it left out the stuff that would um, that would make us go to sleep. <laughs> I love the way the story is done. I love. The, the movement, the flow of it, the connectedness between chapters. I think they have done a wonderful job of preparing this for people who both have a lot of knowledge of the scripture and those who have little or no knowledge of the scriptures. I opened up to page one, couldn't put it down. I would said I'd read one chapter a day. Yeah, right. I just couldn't stop. My favorite thing about the story has been being able to follow the Bible from beginning to the end in chronological order. So people can sit in Episcopal churches all of their lives and then say to their parish priests, I don't know a thing about the Bible. And it's not true. Of course, they know a lot about the Bible, but what they don't have is that organizing structure. The sequence really helped because I was always confused. When you're reading in the Bible, there's some repetition. I knew bits and pieces and, you know, but this is just really bringing the whole story together. And I've learned a lot more about the Bible that I did not know before. I never really took the prophets information and stuck them into Kings and stuck them into Chronicles and stuck them into the actual things that were going on at the time. I've always just, that's the book and that's a book and that's a book and that's a book. And I'm like, oh, that's where this is. That's the Kings that were at play. This is where Israel was at motion. It just makes sense. You know, it's like learning a timeline in world history. So many times when you hear Jesus talk about and refer to, well, didn't Moses tell you this? Or don't you remember your fathers told you this? And people are like, okay, I don't know what you're talking about. But if you've built that foundation step by step from, the, from Genesis to Revelation, people get it. It's, it's good pedagogy. I now have an appreciation for the whole Word of God. And I want to know more than just the New Testament. I want to know more than just um, Jesus' life, as important as that is. There's so much more weight in who Jesus is when I'm able to look back and see God's fingerprint through everything in the Bible. And the story gave me that perspective. Amen. It's good pedagogy. So just so you know, pedagogy is the structure or the way in which um, the teaching is um, compiled, okay, and the method that's, that is used. Um, so it's, it's structured in a way that's helpful. So we're going to start the actual story, week one, um, the world as we know it now, okay, creation, on February the 11th, 
So you're going to want to try your best to be here because we'll be really kicking things off on that particular Sunday. But right now, I've just been taking these weeks and kind of laying the groundwork for us as a church so that we get the most out of this experience. And last week, I talked about four different environments that, that I'm asking us as a church to consider um, to be in and be involved to get the most out of it. The first, the first one was personal life, okay? Um, personal life, that you and I would, uh, would actually take this personal, that we would read the chapter that we're going to cover on Sunday before you get here. In other words, before we get, you know, to the 11th, that you would read chapter 1, okay? Um, so you have that background of that, the, the reading before you come to church on Sunday, and then we'll sort of break it down a little bit deeper, okay? So that's what we're asking you to do. So, um, and like we said before, we have books for every age level, and we are subsidizing the cost. If a family of four, four or five were to buy all the books, it could cost upwards of $100, and it's going to cost you uh, at NBC 15, okay? Um, so we want to help you do that. Um, like I said before, we're, we're asking you to pay $5 a book, uh, with a maximum cost of out-of-pocket expenses of $15, no matter how many you need of what, okay? And we, I said this last week that if you want to buy uh, books for your friends, we've heard that a lot of people want to do this with their family, extended family, um, over the phone or on Skype or whatever, you can do that, and we'll give you a discount that we have, and the price we pay is $12 for all the other books other than the story for adults, and that's 5 okay? So you pay that cost and for people that are not in the church. However, if they come to church, they pay what you pay, okay? And you can invite them to come to church. We'd love for you to do that because I believe this is going to be very helpful. When 90% or excuse me, 80% of all Americans have this on their bucket list to read through the Bible from, you know, from the time they're, they're born to the time they kick the bucket, um, you may find it a little bit easier to get them to come to church during this time just so you know, okay? Second, the second environment we're asking you to commit to, and we'll have these commitment cards in a minute, is the home life, home life. And so we want you to talk about God's Word, you know, around a meal. If it's just you and your wife, together, sit down around a meal at a restaurant or somewhere, and just talk about the, the story, talk about the Word, talk about what you're learning, okay? And we've even, we've even you know, given an incentive to actually do that with the kids, if you have children at home, um, we're going to actually ask you to take a, a selfie while you're around the table studying the Word, kind of like this one, okay? There you go. That's me and my family. Can you see that? Me and my family, okay? That's Cody, Miley, Vicky, and me, okay, with the story in our hands. So you can just take a photo, a selfie, post it to our Facebook page, and every month we're going to actually have a drawing for a for a food gift card at a, at a local restaurant that you can take your family out and enjoy a meal together. Ha! That's going to be fun. Amen? It's going to be great. And also, at the end of our campaign, uh, we're going to do a final drawing when it's all said and done of all the people that posted um, selfies. And we're going to draw a winner for a weekend at the Kalahari um, for your family. So, come on. We're going to have fun with this. How many of you know you can have fun while we study the Word, too, and grow? So the third, the third part, the third environment, so we have the home life, the personal life, and we also have the community life. Um, and, you know, this is all about story groups, small groups. And 
We're not going to try and force anybody into small groups. We just want to make them available and we want to encourage, okay, so that everyone has an opportunity to get in a small group. And uh, Pastor Matt's going to come up and talk a little bit about our small groups and what's going on there. Let's give him a hand as he comes. I'll get out your way. Yes. You haven't taught that dog to look at the camera. I know it. Bad Which dog. one? I think Miley was looking the other way. Okay. I'm My excited bad. about this, you guys. I'm so excited. Um, the Bible is not a self-help manual, right? The Bible is not something that you say, I wonder if it teaches about this. Maybe I could learn a trick about that. The Bible is the story of God's plan of redemption, and it's something that reads us as much as we read it. When we read it, it'll read back to us and show us kind of what's going on in our lives. Yeah. So I'm so excited about this as someone who um, routinely reads through the Bible in a year. And I say that like I, I just have had this passion to know the Word more, and I read the Word every, through every year. And when we brought up the idea of going through this, I thought, how exciting, because I read through the Word, and I don't get all of what I read. I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit can bring me peace, even if I just read through Leviticus whatever and didn't get it. <laughs> so I just keep reading. I just keep plugging. But our girls are going through, in school, organizing history on a timeline. And so when Pastor Gwen brought this up to us, I thought, how great is this? Because they're learning biblical events in school as part of their history timeline. And so now I'm going to be able to take what we're learning here as a church together and put it on my, my spiritual timeline. So I'm just so excited about this. And I, I just like, we always talk about the ground at the cross being level. I don't care if you've read the Bible through every day for 30 years, meaning like every year for 30 years, you're going to get something out of this. You're going to be able to say, I'm going deeper with the Lord as a result of this study. So if you're the first time through or the 30th time through, you're all in. So I'm excited about it for that reason. Uh, the second thing is the family side. You know, as a small group pastor, I feel like so many of our small groups lead us to let's get some kid care and put them over in the corner, and then let's adults go have some time together. And there is time for that, okay? There's a time to say, get a sitter, and let's have some adult conversation without having a kid interruption. And we're not going away from that, I'm saying as a church. But what the story is going to open the door to is us being able to have our kids there, have them there with their book, and just dig in, all ages. So I'm excited about this from a family standpoint. Don't raise your hands, but if you're a, a man of your house here, I mean, are, would you raise your hand if I were to ask and say, yes, I'm a good devotional leader in my home? Or if I were to say, um, I need to grow in that area, would you raise your hand? I'd say probably most, most of us, including myself, would say, I want to grow in that area. Yeah. The story is going to help you grow. As, as a leader of your home, as we're talking about le uh, learning the word. So that's another reason I'm excited about it. And then, I guess lastly, and Pastor Glenn had this a little bit, but it's the evangelism side. People that know you in the community, they probably know there's something different about you, and you probably want to tell them it's the Bible, and maybe you have, okay? But then it can, it can, it can stop there. Like, okay, oh, you're a Christian. All right, now I know what you're doing here. All right. Maybe you get an entree some days, maybe you don't. But if the wall's up, I feel like the story can be a way to take the wall down. All we're doing, come to my house once a month, we're going to make a meal, 
and we're going to watch this video, and we're going to pull out this book that's written like a novel that I've never read, so we're going to read it together. It's a way to, like, again, kind of level things out with you and the people you want to share your faith with. It's just a new entry point, and again, the safe place is your home. So I'm excited about it because of what it's going to do for us with the Word, what it's going to do for our families, and really the avenue to evangelize that it's giving us that, that I think is unique. Um, you, there's two ways I'm looking to hear back from you, or we're looking to hear back from you. If you feel led to lead a group, please step up and lead. Uh, so far, we've got about seven groups in place. Now, leading is not sermon prep, okay? Leading is not, I got to be an expert on whatever it is, is the topic. The materials here um, are very facilitator-oriented. So if you would just say, man, I don't, I'm not a small group leader, but you say, I want to lead a group, we can help you do that because the materials are totally set up for that. So again, reach out to us. Um, there's also no schedule. So one barrier that might come up is, are you kidding me, 31 weeks? <laughs> How am I going to pull off 31 weeks? I've tried to come to small groups before, and I can't make it like eight weeks in a row. <laughs> we'll figure out a schedule that works for you. Again, we don't want this to be burdensome. I know the McCarthy's meet every two weeks. They're just going to plug this into their group. My Wednesday men's group meets. We're just going to plug it in there and talk about it as we're learning. So there's no mandated schedule. There's no boxes you have to check. We just want to invite people in to what clearly for all of us has changed all of us. It's the Bible, right? I mean, at some point, things will burn. God's word will never burn. That's the That's only right. thing, you guys, that's never going to change. And so the enemy is working to distract us away from it, hence the biblical illiteracy that exists, because these things are appealing. You know, I'm, I'm fasting YouTube because I'm into watching, right now I'm into watching all the sports talking heads talking about why my Steelers stunk last week, because they did. And I started with a food fast. I started with a food fast, and on Monday, food fast is going fine, but then God showed me, he's like, wait a minute, you just went from binging on food to now you're binging on this to make yourself feel good. So again, more information that is distracting me away from what I need to be doing during this fast, yeah. it's all about the Bible. So I'm excited about this. I, I would love to have a conversation with you about facilitating a group. I would love to have a conversation with you about making sure you get into a group so you feel like you can go somewhere with your kids or whatever. Get a sitter for your kids. We want everybody all in on this. Excellent, Matt. Thanks so much. So that's the third component of what we're asking you to do. So we have personal, then we have home, then we have community. And the fourth, fourth environment is worship. Worship, that you would make a decision in your heart that you're going to attend the worship services on Sunday um, and that you're going to bring the whole family um, we, have, we have at every service here in the main service, as well as the children's church at four different levels, um, they have a book written in, in their language or learning style, okay? Then the teens on Wednesday night, every single group of people in our church is, is going to be learning the same thing and be on the same page every single week. So that's going to be the exciting part to me. So let's go ahead and watch how the families actually will benefit as a result of this.
Being in children's ministry, I see an increase in separation between kids and their parents. Um, a lot of times it's difficult to be on the same page to talk about things that are important. I think by doing the story as a whole church, the parents are able to be learning these stories too. Sometimes you're having parents come into our, our building that haven't learned all these stories as children. And a lot of times what has, what's a hesitation for people even volunteering is they feel like they don't have that knowledge of the scripture. Here's the challenge. Helping our parents talk about God in the home. It's that simple. But oftentimes the church has struggled in how they can effectively help parents do that. We have a, a strong priority here to help you as parents nurture faith in your children. And get this, we're actually going to do it. We're going to do it together this next 31 weeks. I always ask my children, well, what did you learn today? And then they'll tell, and they'll say, oh, we learned the same thing. When the parents come to pick up the kids, the kids are excited to talk their, to their parents about what they've learned. And the parents have also learned the same information, so those conversations are starting before they even walk out the door. And so in, in our house, especially our children, had a whole lot to say, well, you know, my teacher taught it this way. Well, no, 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 that's not it. Well, my teacher taught it this way. So that was really cool because when they're, when they're giving their opinion and their perspective, guess what they're doing? They're really cementing what they've learned and that's the best thing about it. My dad's on staff here, so obviously he's always trying to get us talking about what we learn at church. So conversations at the dinner table have really increased because of the story, because we're all learning the same thing. Basically, we're on the same page. We're all on the same page. We're just all on the same page. We're literally all on the same page. <laughs> so to have everybody on the same page at the same time, without me having to say, okay, guys, we're gonna get together, have a family meeting, and we're gonna read this verse and talk about it. Um, it's just kind of cool that it was already happening organically and we could have a conversation. As my faith grew, stronger in the Lord going through the story, it helped my children's faith grow stronger in the story because the more I began to believe and the more real that it became to me, it just rubbed off on my children. Now it's so much easier for me to understand the Bible and explain it to my kids. So I do dig deeper because I want to be able to answer the questions that children ask. No one wants to look foolish in front of their kids. And so these conversations are, are growing parents. They're growing parents. When you've got to sit with your child because now he knows something about the story, you better up your game too. And so parents are upping their game. I would encourage any family to take this on as a journey. A lot of times families, um, they don't have those opportunities and this is just such a unique way to do that and bring your family closer together. As a member of a family who has done the story together, I would really encourage all families to take part because even from a five-year-old to an 18-year-old and to adults, each person has something they can take away from it. And when you get your family all on the same page at the same time, intertwined with that same word, that same perspective, then whatever is going on individually with your family, it's lockstep, it's unified, it's powerful, and it, it's something amazing to watch. So I would say, let's get everybody on the same page and let's make it happen. We all want to be on the same page, right? <laughs> I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Lance and Lisa to come up as well as uh, Pastor Jordan. Where are you at? 
Good, come on up. And uh, these guys are overseeing the family life department. Uh, Lance and Lisa and Jordan is the youth pastor. And so just want your perspective. Uh, we're running a little bit late, but we'll do your perspective on how this will impact from your viewpoint, our church and the families. I think the video just said it. Um, if there was to be like a hashtag for this, it would be same page, like hashtag same page. Um, you're going to hear that over and over. That's our goal uh, with the family life ministry is for the kids from the early elementary, the toddlers, the nursery, all the way up to the youth to all be on the same page with the adults. We moved here in 2006. Our kids were six, four, and one, and you blank. And um, we were just talking about this Wednesday night in our prayer gathering. Um, Charity Wanta and Lisa and I were like, wow, you know, now I have a 17-year-old going off to school, um, college this, this next fall. I've got a, a sophomore and a junior hire. And you're like, I just hope that all the things that I've instilled in them, sowed in them, is going to stick with them. You know, we want that for our kids. So the earlier we can get the word of God into their lives, the better. And so Lisa's going to um, show you a little bit about the different books that your kids are going to be receiving today or next week and tell you a little bit about that. And then Jordan's going to talk about how we're going to implement this with the youth. So each of the books have 65 stories. And then at the end of each story, there's a one, thank you, there's a one sentence that they can learn. So it's very easy for them. It's very colorful for the zero to threes. And as they go into each book, it gets more detailed. So then we have the next age. At the end, God's message that they can look. And the great thing about these is they're going to get a take-home page to take home. And you're going to have time to go at have a lunch at your meal time. You're going to be able to take this and be able to talk about what you learned so you can be on the same page. Not all the time they're learning everything upstairs the same as we're down here. So now you can say, what did you learn in church today? And you can talk about what's important, how they can apply it to their lives, and that's what's going to build their foundation and get the literacy back in to our kids. It's excellent. So good. So... I had a little bit of an untraditional childhood growing up. Um, some of you can relate. I was homeschooled. So homeschooled. And so that forced me uh, to talk and read the Bible with my parents, right? Because that was part of our curriculum. Um, but I remember back when I was growing up, when I was like five, six years old, before that all started, uh, having my little kids, you know, picture Bible and reading that and talking about the stories and then doing that with my kids is, is awesome. I love it, um, reading those stories. And, and then I started to think about, as we were starting to implement this, um, what happened in my life, in my story, as I was growing up and after I was viewing those stories and all the picture Bible messages and stuff, um, kind of like went away and like that excitement kind of went away and it was more of like out of duty, right? So it was mandatory. I learned, I learned a lot, right? I studied it, um, I discussed it um, and I grew. Um, but one thing I wanted to point out and kind of transitioning to what this, how this is applying to our youth and why this story is gonna be so good for our youth is that intellectual growth we know is so important and we know that um, 
it happens right from a very young age, as you mentioned, Lance, all the way up through studies have shown age 25 or so, right? So we're growing intellectually. Um, and the younger generations in society today, I was reading a study that mentioned that less than 3% of American teens read their Bible daily. So Matt, raise your hand. Okay, raise your, keep it raised. John, raise your hand. Okay, Vicky, raise your hand. Three people out of about 100 people here that are raising their hand right now read their Bible daily. Think about that in our teens. You can put your hands on. Thanks, Matt. Um, th 3%, less than 3%. That is outstanding. It, it just blows my mind the fact that those people that are so impress impressionable and are learning at a, such a young age, less than 3% are reading their Bible daily. So that's what I'm taking away from this is this is going to help us to up our percentage for our teens. And I'm looking to see that 100% of our youth here are reading their Bibles daily. And so that's important uh, for, for our youth here. One thing I just want to read real quickly uh, as Josh is going to throw this verse up real quick. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All scripture is God-breathed or inspired by God and is used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, who is us, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And that's what this story is going to do, this version of the teen, uh, which is very similar to um, the adult version, is going to do for our teens. It's going to equip them to be able to take on their day, to be able to take on the things that they come in contact with day in and day out and live strong for Jesus Christ. So that's why I'm looking forward to this for our teens. Awesome job, guys. Let's give them a hand as they go. It's, uh, we have teams of people working on this behind the scenes and uh, to make it a great experience for all of us. Now, we believe that if you, as an individual and as a family, will actually engage in these four different areas or environments, um, that you will grow deeper, you'll see those roots going down, and you'll see clearer than you ever have before. And in our church-wide campaign, our journey, I don't know why I'm saying campaign, our church-wide journey, church-wide journey through the story, we're going to discover how our story actually fits into God's story because there are two parallel stories happening in the Bible at the same time. And a lot of people don't realize that there's an upper story and a lower story. We'll talk more about this next week and the following week. The upper story is God, right? So, and that's God who sees from the beginning to the end. Now, for an example of what the lower story is, in Genesis 1-1, God created the lower story. Does that make sense? So, in the beginning, what? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In other words, in the beginning, God created the lower story. So, everything that happens from then on out, you see in the lower story and how it, how it interacts with the upper story constantly. Okay, so we're going to talk more about that. So in closing today, uh, I'm going to ask you if you would not would please take out your uh, take out your commitment cards. If you don't have one, our ushers will get you one. Um, there there's two of them that look just alike. The only thing is they're different. Okay, one 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 of them says return, and one of them says retain. Okay, so if you don't have one of these, slip up your hand. Uh, we we want to see who is going to be with us on this, and so we can focus on getting you what you need. 
Um, when you turn these cards on in, you'll actually get, we'll actually get into a system by which we know who is going through the story, and we can intersect and interact with you at any given time. So um, there's four or five different areas we're asking you to look at um, in this card. Um, the story, yes, I will commit to being a part of the story. Worship team can come forward. Um, and I will do, like we talked about, those four different areas. Um, I'll commit to do the personal story studies or journaling. I will commit to lead or participate in a regular story time with my family. I will commit to join or lead a weekly story or life group. And I'll attend weekly worship experiences that's coming to church with your family. And then last but not least, I will choose to align my life with God's story, okay? So as we just sing for just a, a, a few moments here and just reflect, um, I'm going to ask you if you wouldn't mind to fill that out, and um, our ushers are going to come by and pass out the buckets to collect those cards um, so that we can actually have them in our system. We'll do this next week as well. We'd love to have you. Let's just worship for a little bit. If you need a pen, slip up your hand. Ushers will get you one of those too as we get ready to close down our service, okay? We've come to join the song Sung long before our lives To raise our voice If you want to know more about Life Lessons, check us out online at MetroBelievers.com or write to us at Metro Believers Church, P.O. Box 45702, Madison, Wisconsin 53744.